Hello and welcome to the School of Attraction podcast. I'm Damien Deeker and I'll be talking with you about a range of topics from dating, attraction, masculinity, sexuality, life philosophy, and much, much more. So without any further ado, let's get started. I hope you enjoy listening to today's podcast just as much as I've enjoyed creating it. I don't like modern feminism. I don't like the Red Pill movement. And I don't like the men going their own way movement. And today, I'm going to tell you why. (sighs) I really can't wait to see the flame wars on this one. So I'm going to start with modern feminism because a lot of my viewers are male. And because a lot of those male viewers, like myself, are men's rights advocates. And so they've got a bone to pick with feminists and their experience with feminists. You see, modern feminism has two parts, really. One is the the philosophy behind it. And the philosophy is equality for men and women. Or fairness and equality for men and women. And I've never met a man or a woman who doesn't want fairness and equality for men and women. It's it's just such a a logical thing. And, And everyone agrees with that. But the problem is that that's not what we see feminists doing in the real world. As outsiders looking in, that's not what we're witnessing. You know, we're not seeing so much in the media. We're not seeing feminists working on, oh gosh, um, the real uh, uh, toxic masculinity that you see in countries like, like India, like the real rape culture that you see over in India. You know, you don't see feminists fighting to end sex trafficking. You don't see feminists fighting for the rights of prostitutes and the rights for legal protection for prostitutes, especially in countries like America. You don't see that stuff. I mean, I know it's there, but you don't see it. We're not privy to it. What do, what do we see in the media? What are we exposed to constantly from feminists? We're, what are we exposed to? We're exposed to feminists trying to squash men's rights advocates' ability to talk and be heard. We see them trying to squash men's legal right to get a paternity test for a child that they don't believe is theirs. We see men's legal right to custody of children being squashed. How about the fact that if a man is accused of a sexual assault, that he is served no privacy (laughs) under the law? Um, You know, he should be innocent until proven guilty. Instead, the world is made to believe that he's guilty until proven innocent. Even then, half the world still thinks he probably was guilty. This is what we see feminists working so gosh damn hard on, trying to tilt the world's favor against men. And that's not cool. That's not okay. The other thing we see with feminists a lot, I mean a lot, is is an absolute bastardization of science, scientific fact, to try to prove their worldview. You know, a really great example that gets me riled up a lot is this whole, you know, women only earn 75 cents per dollar that men earn for doing the exact same work. And that's bollocks. I mean, it's true. You can get a completely accurate graph showing all nurses or all engineers or all accountants. And you can see that on average, male accountants earn more than female accountants. That's true. But the reason it's a bastardization of science is that science isn't a simple graph. You know, when you actually look at the science, you look closely at the data, what do you realize? You realize that, oh, women take time off for maternity leave. Um, women work fewer hours, women make different um, career choices and different education choices in life, and all these things lead to them earning less than men. To be honest, 
many of the uh, many of feminists in in higher positions, in other words, decision making positions, do understand this. They're aware of this, and when you talk with political feminists, you tend to then have the the discussion of, okay, we understand that, but maybe there's a reason society is convincing women they're not capable of being in, being engineers. Maybe society is pushing women to to choose children over the career when perhaps they don't want to. And I think that even though I think in truth, women are probably always going to make different career choices than men and women are always going to favor child rearing or give more precedence to child rearing than men in average will. I think it's something that deserves discussion. I think that that is a valid discussion point. But if you're going to say that women earn 75 cents for every dollar that men earn and like that's some kind of fact for doing the same work because it's not true it's not for the same work men work more they take less time off to to spend with children and they get paid for it so there there's this stuff and that erodes trust and creates resentment when there's a bastardization of the facts feminism also acts as a beacon for women all around the world who have been hurt badly by men in some way or another and that makes sense it's a refuge it's a place where they can go where they feel like their problems are understood But that means that it acts like a beacon, not just for women who have been hurt and have dealt with it like adults and processed the information and now want to make the world a better place, because hats off to you women. It's actually also a beacon for women who haven't dealt with their crap, who have massive chips on the shoulder, who are angry at men, who have, who are looking for a way to vent that frustration and that resentment. And they want to, they're going to do that by, by, by attacking men and they can't help it. Now, I know that not every Feminist is like this. I, I have to say that. I have to be careful to say that because I have a lot of really dear female friends and some of them identify as being feminists. But these particular women, they're my friends and they're not stupid. They're not, they've dealt with this stuff. They've been hurt by men in the past, but they can act like adults. I can actually have a rational conversation with them about gender issues. They don't melt down and call me names and, and have a complete inability to have an adult discussion. They can, and they do, and we continue to. And, and, you know, the feminists like that are incredible. That's what a feminist should be, but it's not the majority. That's like the 10%. And at this point, <laughs> I imagine I probably have most of my male viewers nodding their heads saying, yes, I agree. Yep, absolutely. But here's the problem. <laughs> most of what I experience with feminism and feminists is an exact mirror image of what I experienced with the red pill and men going their own way, guys. So, look, quickly, what's the philosophy between red pill and men going their own way? Okay, I know that they're different, and I know that no matter what definition I give, I'm going to get attacked, but that's okay, I'll do my best. Essentially, they both have the mindset that the world is tilted against men. There's a conspiracy of sorts against men, and men are always going to get at the raw end of the stick. So the difference between the red pill guys and the MGTOW guys, the red pill guys say, right, there's a conspiracy against men. There's a game being played here. We're going to learn to play the game better than women so that we get the advantage, not women. The men going their own way guys say, F the system. Um, I'm not even going to, you know, I'm just going to, the hell with women. I'm not going to, women don't deserve my attention. I'm better than that. I'm just going to do my own thing. That way I'm not even going to be a part of the game. And that's, the mindset that's going on there. And of course, who do you think this kind of a philosophy acts as a beacon to? <laughs> Men around the world who have been damaged and hurt by women or who have been ignored and, 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 or teased by women as a place of refuge where they feel like their problems can be understood and listened to. So it acts as a beacon, not just for men who have been hurt by feminism or been hurt by the modern world, 
and who have dealt with it like adults and have processed and now want to make the world a better place, hats off to you men. It's also a beacon to the majority of guys who haven't. They've, they've dealt with the situation like children. They haven't processed it. They're angry. They've got a chip on their shoulder. They've got an axe to grind. And they want to take it out on the world. They want to take it out on women. And that's the majority. That's the majority of the red pill guys and the men going their own way guys. And if you, you know, if I think about the feminists that I interact with, obviously I get a lot of comments on my YouTube channels and the red pill MGTOW guys that interact with me on my channels, I cop way more abuse, way more abuse from red pill MGTOW guys who, who are really emotionally unstable than I do from emotionally unstable feminists. In fact, I feel more threatened by red pill MGTOW guys than I do by feminists. And that is, that's saying something because I'm a big men's rights advocate. I'm big into men's rights. And so I should be really angry at feminists. But boy, the red pill MGTOW guys, you, you really, you really put up a fight. You know, you probably are thinking that's ridiculous, Damien. You're emotionally unstable. What makes you think that you get to judge red pill guys or MGTOW guys as being emotionally unstable? Well, look, I'll tell you, I'll tell you my best, my best way of explaining how, how I judge this. Um, I'm sure most men watching this have had the experience of trying to have a conversation with a raving feminazi, you know, like an angry feminist. And you have a conversation where you try to have a conversation about gender issues. And you start this conversation and she's just unable to have a logical debate without melting down without resorting to calling you names, without becoming ridiculously childish in their responses to you. You know, they can't handle a logical, rational debate. Um, it's, it's offensive to them. And what they do is they fall into this space where they have to protect themselves from, from logic and rationale, right, from the outside world. And so what do they do? They resort to name calling and, and they actually pigeonhole you into a category, like the category that is the enemy. So if you're talking to a, or if I'm talking to a feminist, she might say, I'm not going to talk to you anymore. You're everything that's wrong with the patriarchy. Or I'm not going to talk to you anymore. You just represent a perfect example of toxic masculinity. So you'll never understand. Right. Once that happens, no conversation could go on because she's cocooned herself from an external point of view in the world. But Red pill MGTOW guys do this more often than feminists do. I mean, the amount of times that I get, I don't get on the whole rational debate from MGTOW red pill guys on YouTube or anywhere in real life. What do I get? I get angry, raving, emotional meltdown stuff, name calling, um, um, pigeonholing so that they don't have to listen to me anymore because obviously I'm a white knight or a blue pill. I mean, Forget the fact that I'm huge into men's rights and I think there are huge travesties against men in the Western world. If I disagree with them, I must be a white knight. I must be a closet feminist. Um, and that's what they do to protect themselves from having to listen to external points of view. And, you know, if you want a little bit more proof of the emotional sort of mindset that a lot of these guys have, um, here's a meme. Like, there are so many memes. I was going to put up a whole bunch of them just to demonstrate my point. But here's a really good example. And this is a tame example. I put up a picture. I'm just reading it from my phone. There was an ad. There was a, a sort of a, a, an image put out that said, Dear men. You might think she wants your car, your money, and gifts, but the right woman wants your time, your effort, your honesty, your loyalty, your smile, and you putting her as a priority. The MGTOW group put up a response to this, saying, Dear right women, those are some serious demands. So what exactly are you offering in exchange? Nothing? Oh, only more demands? No, thank you. Enjoy your cats. MGTOW. Uh... <laughs> This is such a childish response. This is, 
This is not the response of a mature adult. This is the response of a petulant child stamping their foot, getting angry at mum and dad for not letting them play with their toy. What are women offering in return? Just to answer that question, the exact same thing they're asking for men. <laughs> Loyalty, a smile, to feel like a priority in someone's life. Um, you know, someone to be there by your side. A partner, a partner in crime. Those things that women want from you, they're willing to give in return. They want to give in return. Making a woman a priority in your life doesn't make you a beta male, guys. Making a woman the only priority in your life certainly does. Um, it makes you a pushover. But yeah, a woman should be a priority. Why the hell shouldn't she be? Why shouldn't you be a priority to a woman as well? Look, I've been in a relationship for nine years. If my partner suddenly said to me, Damien, you have to stop your career and get a nine to five job or I'm going to leave you. She's probably going to see the door. Not because she's not a priority, but because she's, she's trying to challenge other priorities in my life, like my career, like what I love doing. If she stops me doing that, she's not the right woman for me and I should move on. But, but in other ways, you know, if she's, if she needs my emotional support or something's going wrong in her life, I might drop gym for a couple of days while I look after her. I might not work out. I might stop working for a few days to take care of her. Why not? She's a priority, not the only one. And, and so, yeah, I mean, MGTOW guys lose their minds like angry little children over stuff like this. And I think it's it's kind of mind-blowing that those same guys think this is emotionally healthy and stable. It's not. It's an emotional, like, counter-reaction to having been hurt. And I empathize with that. I care about that. I really do. But it's not a healthy adult thing to do. And it's not making the world a better place. So again, just like feminists tend to bastardize science to further their agenda... God, Red Pill and MGTOW guys do this a lot as well with their science. You know, an example that I see all the time in my YouTube channel is guys saying that women are only interested in money and power. And if you look at the science, it's there. It's science, therefore, Damien, stop lying. <laughs> stop lying to yourself and stop lying to the world. Uh, yeah, if you look at the science, just like the gender wage gap, you can see that women have a, a preference for men who are who have money or power. There's a, there's a preference there. It has an impact on choice of mate. Just like height, just like humor, just like health. Uh, you know, a lot of factors play a role here. And one of those factors happens to be wealth or power. I get it. That's true. But it's, it's a factor and it's a relatively small factor. I would call it like a 10% influencer. Unless you get to the extremes. And this is what MGTOW guys do. So, they don't look at the average guy. They don't look like a guy, at a guy who makes 60K a year or a guy who makes 120K a year and compare those two because honestly, their choices of women are almost the same, like almost identical. Instead, they look at a guy who's, who's a bum, who has no job and no money and no ability to just be a reliable, supportive unit and compare him to a guy who makes a million dollars a year. Well, yeah, at the extremes, it has a much bigger impact as well as the fact that the extreme of wealth, you tend to... Uh, you tend to attract women who are obsessed with wealth and those women will throw themselves at you. So, and they're not high quality women. You don't want them anyway, even if you've got money. So there's that at play as well. But yeah, in the middle, there's barely any difference. And I know this because for a living, I'm helping guys meet women. And most of these guys aren't super wealthy. They're just middle of the road. They've got a good stable job. And for most women, not all, but most women, that's all that matters. And so, yeah, look, if a woman's shown two pictures of guys and everything about them is the same, but one has a better job than the other, she'll probably pick the one with a better job. Why not? Why wouldn't she? I mean, they're identical otherwise, and she doesn't know either of them yet, and 
course, she's going to pick that. So, yeah, that stuff exists and it's a factor, but it's just not as big as all these guys want to make out the conspiracy isn't that large. You know, the other complete bastardization of science that I see is this notion that men are supposed to be alpha males and humans are the type of animals where 10% of men sleep with 80% of the women and it's science. It's not science. Again, it's, it's, you can find research that, that shows this happens and has happened in quite a few uh, communities around the world. That's true. But if you actually look really deeply into human biology, human genetics, human morphology, the way we're shaped and the way our bodies are built, we're complex. We are super complex. In fact, for every rule you try to create about how humans behave sexually, there's a, there's counterexamples all over the world. You know, do, do you realize, for example, that the alpha male dominated one man, man seems to sleep with tons of women. The more warlike a culture is, the more that exists. In other words, the most warlike cultures in the world have the, have the highest rate of that kind of harem effect. But when you look at cultures that are isolated from war, it tends to be completely the opposite way around. In fact, many of them are like matriarchies and there's tons of free sex and alpha, beta, omega males. Everyone's having a lot of sex in these cultures. Uh, and so, yeah, it appears that humans are not locked because everything about us seems to be very in the middle. Like everything about our penis size, our testicular size, our genetics, our hormone levels, uh, everything that we can do to try to work out how humans are meant to behave in the wild suggests we're just super, super plastic. That's super flexible in the way that we're going to behave sexually. So, yeah, there's no standard. And scientists aren't trying to hide the truth from you all. It's just, that's how it is. We can't work it out. The best brains. And if you do your own research, you'd realize that too. It's not just science. It's not. It's this quasi-scientific stuff to try to back up a belief that's bogus. And that belief just makes you feel better about your pain instead of dealing with it like an adult. Now, look, after all this ranting, I've got to concede. Not all red pill MGTOW guys are emotionally damaged. And not all of them are idiots. In fact, I'm sure most of them aren't idiots. I don't even think any of this has to do with your intelligence. It's not like that. I often find the most intelligent people tend to be the most indignant in their belief systems and the most rigid. That's just how humans are. There are some really great guys out there. You know, if you watch the Red Pill documentary, there's some really fantastic guys speaking some really fantastic preach. You know, there really is. And, you know, although the Red Pill movie was mostly, was really more about men's rights advocacy than, than Red Pill stuff. But nonetheless, there's some good guys out there. There really are. And my hat's off to you guys. But the truth is, that's not who the majority is. You know, the majority is, is emotionally unstable. The majority is ravingly unhappy and making the world a worse place and making women trust men less and kind of reinforcing the worst in the world. And it's not a great thing. And so what's the answer? Well, the answer, you're not going to like it, is to be open-minded. The answer is to start trying to listen to the other side. You know, there's a golden rule in life, and that is that people who disagree with you are almost never 100% wrong, right? I'm not 100% right. I, I have to make this video acknowledging that. I haven't got it right. I'm just giving you my opinion. My opinion, I believe, is more right than, than others, but that's, that's me, and that's mine. And you've got to be okay to discuss this like an adult with other people who disagree with you, and then you learn. I mean, I used to be much more staunchly MRA than I am now as a result of talking to some really, not like not raving angry feminists, but some really smart, switched on women who can talk like adults about their experience of the world. And I've learned, I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot about how shitty it can be for women still. Uh, a lot of the stuff that we as men don't even have to think about on a day-to-day -day basis, you know, that's there. And 
And obviously, I still agree that it's kind of shitty to be a man in, in the modern world too, in plenty of ways. But we've got to stop blaming each other. You know, feminists have to stop blaming the goddamn patriarchy. You know, and, and men's rights, I mean, Red Pill and MGTOW guys have to stop blaming feminists. They've got to stop blaming the world. They've got to stop believing there's a conspiracy against men because there isn't. I know what you see, what you're often exposed to is the extremist of feminism. You're exposed to the angry women of the world. But that's not the majority. That's just the majority who are shown by the media because they make for good media coverage. Most women actually do want men to have it fair. They want life to be good. They care about men's problems. They really do. My experience, I've talked to so many women, so many on a regular day-to-day basis. Women aren't your enemy. They, they want to be on your team. And yes, there are bad eggs and there are certainly bad eggs in the man's cap. So let's not forget that, you know, so start listening, start opening up and start learning and stop blaming and stop name calling. If both sides did that, we could, we could reach a world that's in a better state than it is now. And even on that note, you've got to acknowledge the world is better. No matter what your gender, the world is a better place to live in than it's ever been. You know, so stop complaining so goddamn much. You know, men have it better. I don't care what you, what you want to say. Men have a better life now than they did 50 years ago. Life was pretty shitty in comparison 50 years ago to now. I know that men's rights have gone down to where they were, but, but overall it's better. We get to sleep with more women. God, think about it. Sexual liberation. Hell yeah. Right? It enables us to have a lot more fun than we used to have. I mean, there's a lot of ways in which men's lives are better. And women's lives are certainly way better than they've ever been. I know we're not getting everything right. But still, come on. We're getting there. Slowly. Step by step. And you've got to stop pumping so much negativity in the world and deal with your stuff first. And then come and face the world like an adult and try to make it a better place. So... That's the end of my rant for today. I know I'm probably getting a lot of comments in the comments field, a lot of angry people. I'm cool with that. If you want to try to have sort of a adult discussion with me, go ahead. I'll try to reply to as many of you as I can. Um, yeah, let me know what you think. If you like what I got to say, like the channel, subscribe to my channel. I, I put up lots of stuff, both social and political commentary, as well as dating and pick up advice. So go ahead and subscribe. I'm Damien Deke. I hope you've liked this long video and I uh, hope to see you in my future ones. Take care. That's it, and thank you for watching today's podcast. As a high five for taking the time to learn today, you can head over to schoolofattraction.com forward slash personality test to complete our scientifically backed attraction personality test, which will help you uncover the areas you most need to work on based on your personality assessment. Take care, and I look forward to bringing you my next podcast.